Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Good morning. Good to be with you this morning. I want to be sharing with you today um, some things pertaining to uh, what's going on in America, I guess, at the first here. But beyond that, I, I just believe God wants to deal with some things in, in um, his people. Now, I'm not talking about dealing with sin. I'm talking about dealing with things like fear and anxiety. But there have been so many crazy things that have been happen, happening in this world over the last two years. You guys think about this. I mean, uh, COVID came and we had things happen that we'd never seen before. I mean, it seemed like overnight and it was actually of just a few months. Um, our world vastly changed. Our nation vastly changed. Our state and our cities changed. School changed. Everything changed in just a few months. And then, and then most recently, we've had this situation in Afghanistan where, I mean, most of America is just sort of like bewildered going, how did that happen? What happened? Why did that happen? I mean, it just, just doesn't add up, doesn't make sense. You know, and it looks like, again, the whole world has changed in some way. And, um, you know, that, uh, and, and, it's, and it's shaken our world. Um, personally, I believe that there's going to be a lot more shaking to come. And if you think about it, I mean, just back up and just be, you could be very rational about this and just think um, we're definitely either going to have to have a turn in this nation, a, a significant turn, or um, the worst is yet to come, if you know what I'm saying. Um, if God doesn't intervene in, in some way, which, which I believe he is, but, um, but if, he, if he were not to intervene, I believe that the, the worst is yet to come, and we're going down a path that, that there would be no return from. So um, there have been a lot of people with anxiety, a lot of people who are stressed out, and um, and I, and I feel like um, there's almost like an atmosphere of that in in some certain times. So today I want to to talk to that a little bit, and I want to encourage you because there is no time whatsoever in which we should be discouraged or fearful or afraid of what's going on in life because God has got all of this covered no matter how bad things get. Now, let me just say this. I do believe there's going to be a great move of God. I believe we're going to see more people come to the Lord. And I do believe that there's going to be a change in this nation for, for, through a variety of things. But I believe that the major big thing is going to be um, the church is going to turn back to God. And I believe that there's going to be a great outpouring. That's what I believe. But I want to just say a lot of times on the way to your blessing, you know, sometimes we can get a prophetic word. I've had situations where I get a prophetic word. Oh, this great thing's going to happen to you. And I know it's coming from the Lord, you know, and you want to get up and you're excited about it. Yay, man, this amazing thing's getting ready to happen. But then guess what? Something negative happens. It's like Joseph. You remember Joseph in the Bible? He gets this word, you're going to be great. You're going to be a great leader. You're going to even lead your brothers. You know, and he's like, yes. Hey, guys, did you hear the word I got? And then boom, the, he gets he begins to go through the worst trials of his life, right? Well, both of the things were true. He's going to have troubles, but at the same time, he's got a word of destiny over his life. And that's the way I believe that we are 
as believers in America. We have a word of destiny where God's bringing us to something great. And yet there are times that we're going to have to walk through. And what we do in those times of walking through is we have to grow. We have to mature and we have to put our trust in God and not fear anything that happens in this earth. Fear is your defeat. If you will overcome fear, that's your greatest enemy. If you can overcome fear, you can enjoy your life no matter what's going on. Fear is your greatest enemy. God says this in Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with an anxious heart, take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but he will save you. Now, I do believe that is a very pertinent scripture today because I do believe that God's going to come, and I've shared this before. I believe God's going to bring the fear of God back into this nation. I believe God's going to shake this nation, and I believe that there's going to be people that God brings to justice, and God begins to show things up. I believe it's going to happen in the church world. I believe it's going to happen in the business world. I believe it's going to happen in, in our governmental world. I just believe God's going to do something. That's my belief. I, I just believe these kinds of things are going to happen. I do believe that. Um, but, but God says, when things begin to get rocky, take heart. Those with anxious heart, take courage. Fear not. Behold, God is going to come, even with vengeance. The recompense of God, it's going to come. But guess what? He's going to save you. He will take care of you if you're looking toward God. No matter what happens in this earth, God will take care of the ones that look toward him. And I love that. God says, don't be afraid of the storms. Don't be afraid of them. Whether there are storms at large, stuff going on in the earth, or storms in your life. And I just was thinking, it just seems to me there's a lot of people in our church that have personal storms going on, things going on in their lives where there are issues that are bringing a lot of stress and anxiety and pressure and fear. And I want to encourage you particularly and tell you today, there's no need for you to fear. I know it looks like you ought to fear. It looks like you've got a good reason, but you don't. God says, don't fear. I've got this. Somebody was saying that today. Someone here, Luce, was telling us this morning, she says, God, you know, I heard this word three times. What was the word? I've got this, right? Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And I just want to encourage you and tell you that everything's going to be all right. And remember, God doesn't always deliver you out of the storm. Sometimes God delivers you in the storm. When God delivers you in the storm, that's a much greater deliverance. That means you're still in the storm, but the storm's not in you anymore. It's not affecting you anymore. And you see, that's the most amazing thing. If you were to step back and look at a, you know, a story you know, from the outside and, and think, which would I rather be? Would I rather be the person that God pulls out of the storm? Or would I rather be the person that God changed so much that I'm still in the storm? But it's like there's no storm because it's not inside me anymore. I'd rather have the second picture going on because that means I'm a different person. You see? So God loves to deliver us in the storm. In the storm. He'll give you peace and victory no matter what's going on. 1 John 5, 4 says this, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith. Our faith. It's not just God. It's our faith in God. It's our faith that God has matured in us as we're walking the walk. That's what delivers us. That's what connects with the power of God and brings the power of God into our lives as we're walking this thing out. It's our faith. And I want to encourage you again. Rise up in your faith. Start using your faith. Quit listening to fear. Quit listening to the news too much. Quit listening to all these people speaking negative things all the time. It shall not happen to you. Amen. You just need to say, I'm going to put my trust in God. God's bigger than all the problems in this world. And he will save and deliver me if I'll just put my eyes on him. Everybody loves that Psalm 91. It's probably one of the most popular Psalms, right? Psalm 91. And God says there, for the one that puts his heart on me and trusts in me, he says over and over in various ways, I will deliver that one and keep him from evil. Man, it's, and he says, no matter what's going on in all the world, the one that looks to me, what's what I will do for him? The one that sets his sets his heart on me and loves me and decides to go my way, watch how I will take care of that one. I just love that. Hebrews 11 speaks about how many people, or some of the people in life that walk through life and put their faith in God. It's, it's, it's like the hall of fame, you know, for the, for the faith warriors. Hebrews 11. And it says this, I love this. Well, I like a lot of verses in Hebrews 11, but Hebrews 11:34 says this. By faith, these people out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the foreign armies. Now, this is such a powerful scripture. He says all of these people who had these amazing lives of faith, who conquered kingdoms, who performed miracles, who received the dead back, back to life. Their loved ones, some of them, had resurrections. It says all of these people went from weakness to strength. It says they were made strong from being weak, and that is the common testimony of anybody that's ever become strong in faith and who's ever become a strong man or woman of God. They have definitely gone from weakness to strength. If you look through all the scriptures, you're going to find over and over men of God and women of God, the ones that were so great, they had their moments. And some of them we see in scriptures where they were so weak, you go, wow, Look how weak they are. You'd never think God would use somebody like that. I mean, there's so many. You could choose almost anyone. But, you know, look at Moses. God comes to Moses. Hey, Moses, I want to use you. And Moses is like, oh, no, Lord. Oh, no, use somebody else. Right? And you get the feeling Moses is afraid of what's getting ready to happen. Moses is afraid. God used somebody else. You got Gideon, this story of Gideon where God goes, Gideon, I'm going to use you. And Gideon's like, what? First of all, he goes, Lord, I'm a nobody. I, I, I'm not a leader. I don't have gifts. I'm the 
from a small family, you know, um, we're nobodies. We're, and I'm, my family's like a family of nobodies, and I'm the nobody in my family. You know, so it was, he was like, God, really, at me? He's weak in himself, and actually, I believe that's a good start. But then God has to teach him, no, okay, you've been weak in yourself, now you're going to be strong in me, I'll teach you how. And then, you see, what we see with Gideon is, after he gets this call, he feels weak. He feels like, how am I going to do this? But then God says, go forward. I'll look to me and go forward. Gideon starts going forward, but he's still afraid. Now, sometimes when you make the decision, I'm going to go forward and I'm not going to be afraid, it's a declaration. But you might still feel fear. You you see what I'm saying? You've decided I'm not going to fear. You've made that decision. You've made the decision you're going to obey God and go forward, but you still feel fear. Gideon was like that. God says, go forward and do this. And Gideon's like, yes, sir. Okay? But then it says this, in, after God told Gideon what to do, it says this in Judges 6, 27. Gideon did what the Lord had spoken to him, but because he was too afraid of his father's household, he did it by night. That's just the funniest thing to me. Here's this man, and by the end of the story, you're going to, I mean, he's, he's an amazing man of God, amazing man of faith. But here he is going from weakness to strength. He starts out just obeying, and he's like, oh my, God told me to do that. And he's thinking about it, and he goes, well, he didn't say I had to do it in the daytime. I'm just going to, I'll do it at night, right? So he does it at night, but he does it. He still gets in trouble for it, but God delivers him. And then by the end of the story, we've got this man who's willing to go with 300 other men and challenge um, and fight an army of many thousands, many a huge army with 300 men. Look at the faith God built in that man. And he's not fearful at the end. He's learned to trust in God. He's learned to let go of his fears and not let them torment him anymore. Now, let's look at the rest of this, that verse. Look at this. First of all, he says this, out of weakness, made strong, right? Then he says, became valiant in battle. You know what the word valiant means? It means courageous, bold, strong, particularly in a difficult situation, right? So they became brave, bold, and courageous, which means uh, these are those who overcame what? Their fears. Do you realize that? Everybody has fears. It's in our flesh. They overcame fears and they became valiant. And it also says they became valiant. It goes, it says, from weakness they were made strong and they became courageous. It didn't say, it's not like it's instantaneous. They became, there was a faith walk where they stepped out, began to trust God, just like Gideon, where they did not feel great. They may not have felt that way, 
But it's, the Bible says they became valiant. And guess what else it says? They became valiant in battle. In battle. I think that's a, that's a neat way it's said there. And I like to think of it like this. Here they are, fearful. It's just like David's army or Gideon or whoever. They're fearful. They've got all these issues, but they know they need to go forward. They don't feel like much. They feel weak. They, feel, they don't feel like they have much. Maybe they don't even feel God with them, but they know what they ought to do. And they pray, they ask God for his help, and they take steps forward in the midst of feeling fear. And guess what it says? In that process, they become valiant. In battle, they became valiant. And then it says, they put foreign armies to flight. Now, how do we translate that into the New Testament? It's talking about the demonic things. The Bible says you have demonic entities that are against you all the day, every day, every week, every month, every year. You have demonic attacks against you, demonic plans, demonic things, enemies that are coming against you. Sometimes they work through people. Sometimes they don't have to work through people. But we're not here just to talk about that today. But just to mention, that's your enemy. I think everybody here, you know you, you have that enemy, right? Those enemies, they're demonic. They're strongholds. They're definitely there. And it says here that these people were made strong. They were made courageous. And they got to the point they were able to make the enemy flee. When you talk about in the New Testament making the enemy flee, what comes to your mind? Talking about somebody who is strong in God that's able to push out the enemy wherever they go. Isn't that right? Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? And aren't we supposed to be displacing the enemy wherever we go? We have to displace them first here. And once we displace them here, oh man, this is a, it's a nonstop advancement that's going to be going on. God works and he gets the enemy out of us in here. He gets the fear out. And then we begin to displace him in the earth. Once we deal with our fear, once we'll face it, once we'll walk through it, it's amazing what begins to happen and the power that begins to work through our lives. So I want to encourage you today. You're called to be one, not to be under the thumb of the enemy, not to be in fear. You're called to be one who displaces the devil. You're called to be one who moves him out of your life, moves him out of your family. And it's time for you to stop being afraid, stop being anxious, stop worrying about anything. As long as the devil can make you worry, he's got his thumb on your head, right? Just holding you down. But when you decide, wait a minute, no more worry, no more fear, no more anxiety. I'm breaking out of this. I'm going to live a life of faith and I'm not letting him back in here. Man, it's amazing what will begin to happen. And I want to encourage you, make a decision. I am not going to live in fear anymore. You might think, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, to live fearfully. As long as you're living fearfully, the devil has space in your head and in your heart. The Bible says, give the enemy no place. If you give him a little bit, he destroys a lot. There's a lot not happening in your life if you're living in fear, worrying, and anxiety. Let me tell you that again. There's a lot of good stuff that's not happening in your life that's meant for you if you're living in fear, worry, and anxiety. It's, it's not God's will for you to have that. Now, there are so many, there are so many different things about fear I want to mention here. I want to give you some facts. But first of all, 
Fear is a spirit. It's a powerful force. It's not just a concept. It's a spirit. It's, a, it's alive, so to speak. It has a power to it. Once you give in to it, it grabs a hold of you and wants to take control of your life in one form. There are many forms of fear. Like I've mentioned, worry is a form of fear. Anxiety is a form of fear. And, and there are other just, you know, fearful of so many different things. You can be fearful of uh, so many things today. So many people are, are fearful of COVID. I'm not saying that COVID can't do bad things, but the fear is never the right option, no matter what situation you're in, right? You know, I even you, last week we were reading where Jesus goes, oh, some of y'all are going to be put to death. Do not fear. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Do not fear. That's the torment is the fear. I like it where Jesus tells his disciples one time, he goes, hey, what are you guys going to be afraid of man for? All, he can do, all they can do is kill you. That's all they can do. And they're going, probably going, hey, uh, uh, uh. See, but you have to learn not fear. The fear itself is the torment. Anyway, but you've been made to conquer this enemy of fear. And it's your decision to conquer fear and to conquer worry is the greatest decision you'll be, you could make, you know. Uh, you'll be amazed at the difference it makes in your life. So, Look at this verse right here. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Man, that is good news. You can seek the Lord, and He will deliver you from all of your fears. All of your fears. He doesn't say some of your fears. All of your fears. That means your worries, your anxieties, your troubles, anything that's associated with fear, He will deliver you from it. I love that. And guess what? He doesn't say there, I sought the Lord and He delivered me out of all my troubles. That definitely will happen, right? But that's not the point He's making here. He didn't say the troubles were gone. He said the fear's gone. I'm not worried anymore. Everything may look bad. I'm just not worried about it anymore. I've got so much faith. My joy level's high. I know God's with me. I've got this thing because I'm connected with God. You see what I'm saying? God delivered him from all his fears, not all the things that were producing fears. They may still be there, but the fear is broken out of his life. Man, I am telling you, I hope you're catching this. You see, too many times we're focused on getting the problem fixed. And you should do that most of the time. But there's a bigger issue, and it's dealing with the fear on the inside of us. Too many of you, you, you try to deal with your fears by fixing your problem every time. And you are anxious until you fix that problem. You're in fear until you got, and you'll go overboard all the time, right? Let me just tell you, that is not God's best for your life. And I just pray, any of you listening today, that you've had this kind of issue. I've done that kind of thing many times. I just pray you would back up and look at that and go, wait a second. It always feels like the right thing to do. I always feel like I need to do this, but it always ends up, I'm never getting out of this issue of fear and worry and anxiety. 
You've got to do something different. You've got to catch this. And even though it feels like you ought to worry where you are, for whatever reason, you feel like maybe you can't fix your situation. You feel like maybe something, you know, you messed up and whatever, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to make a decision to say, it doesn't matter. There is no legitimate fear that I can give in to today. There's not one legitimate fear you can give in to today. Fear is of the devil. And then he says this, I saw the Lord, he answered me and delivered me, delivered me from fears. He didn't just go, oh, I'm not going to fear today. He realized it's a powerful force. He needed God's help to pull that thing out of him. He delivered me. It was a miracle. It was a work of God. He took that junk out of my life. Man, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not worried anymore. I'm not anxious anymore. Whoa. Man, I've connected with God. Another fact about fear is it makes us miserable. Fear makes us miserable. The Bible says in the King James, I like, I like this, it says, fear hath torment. Sounds like something Shakespeare would have written. Fear hath torment. That's in 1 John 4, 18. Fear is usually a worse experience than the thing you're fearing might happen. The fear makes you miserable. Fear makes people miserable. Makes us feel terrible. Do y'all remember this great prophet in the Old Testament named Elijah? Man, he confronted all these other prophets, like almost a thousand of them. And uh, one man standing in front of all of them, you know, claiming, you know, what God was going to do. And boom, it happened. He called fire down from heaven. This is the man that prayed for three. I mean, he knows how to pray. He prayed for three years, three and a half years. No rain comes. By the way, how'd you like to have a prophet that gets his prayers answered praying that it doesn't rain? The Bible says he prayed it wouldn't rain. That's crazy, isn't it? Don't rain. Don't rain. Lord, don't let it rain. Because God said, um, don't let it, you know, go prophesy. This is so interesting to me. I'll go on a little side note here. God told Elijah, hey, go, go uh, prophesy that it's not going to rain. He prophesies it's not going to rain to the king. And then he has to go back and pray that it doesn't rain. That's just so interesting to me. But that kind of thing's in Scripture all the time. But anyway... Um, here's this man of God, Elijah, and he just does his greatest miracle. And, and this man comes up to him and says, hey, Jezebel says she's going to do to you what you did to all those prophets. And fear comes in his heart. And guess what? He becomes, I mean, this is like the greatest man. He opens up the door to that little bit of fear. It comes right in. And he becomes the most miserable man. He starts complaining to God. I mean, this guy's seen multitudes of miracles. He just called down fire from heaven. They destroyed all the false prophets. And now he's complaining, oh, God, why are you this line up? Why is my situation like this? God, why is everything going bad for me? God, why did it? God, why have I got to do it? He's the, the fear makes us miserable. Doubt, anxiety, worry makes us miserable. You see, what happens is fear opens the door. You start being fearful about something negative happened. You're losing this, you're losing that, this happened. That. And then what happens? Depression comes for many people. 
then other things begin to happen. But here's Elijah. And the point I'm just wanting to make here is fear entered his heart. Nothing bad ever happened, by the way. Think about that. Did you know he goes so bad? He's saying, God, please take me. I'm just, I want to die. That's the craziest thing. Now, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to heaven. Honestly, I'd rather be in heaven than right here. I really would. I, the more I think about heaven and, and the, more you, the less you think about this world, the more you want to be in heaven. It's amazing. We were, um, we were at a store the other day in uh, Academy looking at some guns. And I'm going, I'm looking at these guns. And, oh, wow, that's nice. And then put one in my hand. Oh, wow, that just seems so fun. Now, where I grew up, you don't shoot people. Well, they might now. I don't know. But, you know, you have big yards. You're in country. I mean, there's like 500 people from my hometown. And so you, go, you don't go to this hunting range. You go to your backyard. You know, and so, but anyway, I'm looking at these guns. and go, man, that'd be so fun, man. I'd love to have a Henry rifle, but I don't have a, but I don't have a backyard that big. I mean, I, I'd have to shoot it like in, and I don't think they let me shoot in my backyard in Sugarland. Uh, I'm sure the police would come. But I just started thinking about that gun, and then I started wanting a gun. And, I, and I'm going, what am I going to do with a gun? What am I going to do with a gun? Or another gun, I should say, for those of you who are curious. Um, so, so I'm going and I was telling my wife, I said, you know, all we have to do is start thinking about something and then, and then you start to desire it. And what does the Bible say? Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. You know, if you start, you're always thinking about something. I mean, sometimes I, I, my, my car, you know, the paint starts coming off of it. It's a crazy year model where somehow they had problems with the paint. So every time the paint starts coming off of it, I start looking at other cars and I go, man, I think, well, man, I start, and then I really want a car. I didn't want a car until I had the paint problem. And then I start wanting a car. And then after I go through trying to figure out which one I want, what's the right, good, and I get frustrated, I quit thinking about it. And guess what? I don't need a car anymore. Are y'all with me? What you open up your mind to has a huge impact on your life. You can't be thinking about stuff that's going to bring you down. You know, and you, we just all, we're all going to start desiring whatever we're thinking about. Anyway, back on course here. Fear causes us to settle. It causes us to settle. Not only are we miserable, but we are settling in life for something less than God's best. Did you know it's sort of like fear is like one, the great enemy everybody has to conquer if you're going to get into your promised land. It's the common enemy every single one of us is going to have to conquer if we want to get to our promised land. And if you're not willing to conquer your fears, you're going to sit in the wilderness until you die and go to heaven. That's just the way it's going to work. What about Israel? God says, I called you out. He called them out. And guess what? He says, he said, I called you out, but I called you to teach you to fight. And they're like, but all we know to do is lay bricks. We're bricklayers, remember? We make bricks and lay them brick, and we work all the time, right? We're singing, and God's like, no, you're warriors. Oh, oh, no. And guess what? They go, God lets them see the other people. They're there with their pitchforks, right? Their wood pitchforks, and they look. And these other people, they're huge. They're huge people. They're armed. They got their, their chariots. I mean, these people are trained in battle. They've been, they've been fighting for years. Their hearts sank. Now, think about this. Here they are. The fear is so real to them. 
It's so powerful. The fear is not only rational, it's rational. Are y'all with me? It's rational. Look, we're nobodies. Look, they're equipped. They're big. They're strong. They're trained in war. We're not. And there's seven nations, and we're one small nation compared to them. So they're looking at this. It's rational. And not only do they think fear, they feel fear. The feelings of fear speak louder than the thoughts of fear. I am telling you that. If you feel fear, you're going to run if you don't deal with it. So guess what? They gave in to it. Now, Joshua and Caleb, I believe they felt and saw the same thing. But what they did was they decided they're going to walk in faith. So they're, they're looking at each other. You know, they went out probably, you know, like two by twos. I'm guessing Joshua and Caleb ended up on the same team. Amen. I think God orchestrated that. So they're encouraging man, they're each other, right? It's like, man, that's big. Yes. But you know what? God's bigger. You're right. God's bigger. And God said this, hasn't he? Yes. So when they came back, that was their testimony. And the other ten are going, we'll never make it. Guess what? Joshua and Caleb made it, but the other ten didn't. They did not. Are y'all getting this? If you succumb to fear in your life, you will never make it into the promised land in this life of what God's called you to do. Fear stands between you and your, and what, your best of what you could be. Anyway, so then we go on to the next thing here. Fear, fear will destroy your faith. Fear destroys your faith and it'll hinder your, hinder your miracle. You know, the Bible says we, whatever you receive, you receive by faith. And it also says that faith and fear cannot work together. You remember Jesus prayed for many people and he, he saw many he healed. And many times what he say, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And what does it say in James? Uh, when you, if you pray for anything, pray and you'll get it. But but then he goes, but he who doubts, you won't get it. In other words, if you're not in faith, if you're complaining, you know, if you're praying this kind of prayer, oh, God, answer this. But I don't expect it. But, you know, please answer it. Or I'm afraid. But God says, no, I want you to ask in faith. So you have to make yourself rise out of your fears. If you feel fear, you need to go, you know what? I'll not get my prayers answered if I give in to this. I might feel it, and that's okay. But if I give in to it, if I don't fight past it, that's not okay. So if you feel that fear, then you have to go, you know what? I'm going to fight past this thing, and I'm going to keep going forward because God says he will deliver me from all my fears, and this is often how he does it. He doesn't usually deliver us from our fears when we're sitting in the corner. He delivers us from our fears when we make a decision we're going to rise up and go forward. But fear destroys faith. The worries and anxieties, what does the Bible say that happens? What do worries and anxieties do to the Word? Y'all remember? Chokes it, right? It chokes the Word and makes it ineffective. That's a crazy thought. Worry and anxiety chokes the word in our life. It makes it non-effective. Wow. Do you realize that? Do you realize that if you've got worry and anxiety in your life, 
Do you realize that you are choking the Word of God on the inside of you? And there are areas in your life the Word of God isn't even working to give you the blessings that are in the Word? Is that clear? It's really a powerful thought that people need to grasp. You think you don't don't you think that it's okay to hold on to a little bit of it? That's why that's what it says in the Bible 365 times, do not fear. I think it's 365. That's one for every day. I believe that's one of the main struggles. <laughs> we ought to rise up every day and just make a decision. I shall not fear what the devil brings me today. I shall not fear catastrophe. I love those declarations that these people in the Word of God had where they would stand up and say, no matter what happens, I'm not going to fear today. I don't think that was saying, I'm bold, I'm, I'm free from ever having fear. They declared, I'm not going to fear no matter what happens. David would say, you know, the earth can be picked up, the mountains picked up and thrown into the sea, but I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. No matter what crazy thing happens, the guy in Habakkuk goes, you know what? I can lose everything. I can lose my bank account. I can lose all my sheep. I can lose it. But guess what? If that all happens, I'm going to rejoice in my God because I'm putting my trust in him. I shall not fear. Amen. You need to make that your declaration every day. I shall not fear. I shall not worry. Praise God. The devil just wants to put fear and worry on you to disable the power of faith and the word of God working in you. All he has to do is plant a seed of worry. Boop. He immobilized you. But man, if you can resist that and rise above it and get in the word of God and trust God, man, you become dangerous to the devil. Remember what God says he's doing? He's taking you from weak to strong. He's developing you and making you courageous in battle. And he says what you are becoming is someone that causes the enemy to flee out of your life. And you're going to start taking ground if you'll ever get these things straight. Amen. Okay. Now, <laughs> one last thing I'll mention here is where faith gets answers. Fear attracts problems. Fear attracts problems to your life. You know the strange thing? You know why we have fears? A lot of times we hold on to them because we think those fears are going to fix the problem. Do y'all see what I'm saying? There's something bound up with being fearful and fixing the problem and thinking by holding on to that, that mindset. We need to do that to, to fix things or to, to, to get out. But ironically, it instead of fixing problems, it attracts problems in some way to us. Job said this word. He says, what I feared has actually come upon me. What I feared has come upon me. I believe, I believe many times um, if you're walking in fear, it might not be the exact thing you're fearing, but it's as if you're pulling stuff. You, you know, just like faith, Pulls on God. Fear is like a magnet pulling on and agreeing with the, dem the demonic testimony about your life. Fear is what Satan says is going to happen in your life or might happen. You see what I mean? And where faith in God's word makes stuff happen, faith in Satan's word makes stuff happen in the wrong way. You see? Don't ever believe that. So, 
Again, as I said, there are a lot of reasons why you can fear, but the Bible just says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fear. Think of that so many times every day. Now, Isaiah 41, 10 says this, don't fear anything for I'm with you. Don't be afraid for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand. And again, I'll read Psalm 34 again. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Now, what does he say he did to get delivered from all the fears? I sought the Lord, right? Peter says it this way. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. How many of the cares do you cast on him? All. Peter says, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. What he's saying is, if you will give these things you're anxious, worried about, fearful about, whatever it is, if you will give that to, to the Lord, he will take care of it. It's going to be okay, right? But you have to do what he said to be delivered from them. Somehow, this burden, what you're feeling, has to go off of you and into God's hands, right? And this happens through prayer. You, because if, you're not, if you don't take this burden, if you don't take this stuff and give it to God, guess what? It, you still got it. And if you feel this pressure and this heaviness and whatnot, just remember, that thing, it still needs to get dealt with. In fact, let me just ask you to think about this as we're talking this morning. Do you still wrestle with this? Because if you do, if it's still on you, and if you're regularly dealing with this and not getting to the point where you're getting your breakthrough, you're not pressing through to the place of victory. You're just going enough, right? You need to live in victory. And if you have an issue with this, you need to make a decision that you're going to beat fear up every day and you're going to knock it down every day. You're going to rise above it every day until you have an absolute and amazing victory over it. Anyway, so here's Peter. Peter goes, and Peter's the one that, just, that wrote that verse I just read to you. And uh, you remember earlier, Peter had been the one who's afraid. Do you all remember? Peter was so afraid before Jesus was crucified um, but he started out not realizing he had fear. He goes, Jesus, I will never, I will never um, deny you. And guess what he did? He denied Jesus, right? Because Why did he deny Jesus? Because he got so afraid. He's like, look what's going on. Man, are they going to get me too? He got so afraid, he started running for his life, and he denied Christ. And, and what had Jesus said? Peter, I see what you're going to do. How'd you like to be around a prophet that says, man, I, I see what you're going to do next week. It really grieves my heart. But I prayed for you. You know, wouldn't you go, oh, what? What am I going to do? That's what Jesus told Peter. I see what you're going to do, but I prayed for you. That God strengthen you. That God strengthen you. Okay, what happens later in Peter's life? You see Peter in jail. And in that jail, he's waiting to be executed. They're going to cut his head off the next day, I believe it is. And what's Peter doing? He's not frantic. He's not running around like he was before. The Bible says he's 
sleeping. He's sleeping. Now, that is pretty phenomenal to me. And that shows me that when Peter says, cast all your cares on the Lord, he knows exactly what that means. You see? And I want you to get a picture of what he did. If you were in Peter's situation, what would you do? Are you all with me? Think about that. You're in jail. You know they're going to cut your head off tomorrow. I mean, how many of us would be sleeping? We would be frantic, some of us, right? We'd be, that picture would be in our minds. We'd wonder, I hope it's sharp. I hope it doesn't go halfway, you know. Oh, I hope he doesn't miss. What if he cuts the top of my head off first and then I'm not, I mean, I mean, we, who knows what kind of thoughts we'd be thinking. What's it going to feel like? Am I going to, am I going to feel like I'm alive for a few minutes after I'm dead, after my head's off? I mean, we'd be thinking, we'd probably have the picture of that happening, just like Elijah did. Remember, Elijah got that word, Jezebel's going to do to you. And what's he doing? He sees the picture of it. Oh, he's miserable. He's miserable. But Peter is fast asleep. You know why? He has learned to say, God, no matter what it is, it looks like I ought to worry. But you know what? I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm putting it in your hands. And I'm going to sleep. That's amazing. That's what he did. And the second thing he did, he goes, I'm not going to worry about this. And I'm not going to let this get into my mind. He didn't rehearse it in his mind. Peter knew you cannot think on negative things and be free from their power. You can't be thinking about getting sick all day long. You can't be thinking about all, whatever negative all the time. You can't rehearse it in your mind. Or guess what? It's going to torment you and take advantage of you. Peter's there laying down. He's sleeping. He's not even letting this thought come to mind. The devil, you know, the Bible says in the wilderness, the devil gave Jesus pictures in his mind. He sees them. the devil will try to give you pictures of negative things. And he'd come to Peter and show him, you know, oh, the, the blood coming out. Da, 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 da. Here's the guy. Do you see that? Oh, you're putting your. Peter's like, I don't even care. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not even. You have to guard your mind from negative. Because if the devil can just plant that thought there. Now, today, I really had it in my heart to see a lot of people uh, that are listening get free from the spirit of fear and free from the torment of fear. But I want to just end, I guess, with this saying, you're going to have to make the decision, first of all, to recognize fear is wrong. Fear is robbing you of your full life. Fear is your greatest enemy. It's the, it's the worst enemy than what you're afraid of. Jesus is even like saying, even death isn't like that big of a deal. Just like that, you're on the other side going, hey, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> right? Look where I am now. Right? Jesus is like the big thing. Don't fear. Do not fear. You've got to want to get free from it. You've got to be willing to resist it. So I want to encourage you today. Recognize fear's wrong. Anxiety's wrong. Anx uh, worry is not. It's not of God. All those feelings that are there. Sometimes that's how you can recognize you got it because of those feelings, right? 
Number one, recognize all that's not of God. It's not God's will for you. Recognize that it's a negative something in your life and that, that it is the problem bigger than the problem that you're looking at. You can deal with the problem you need to fix a lot more if you'll first of all deal with the fear on the inside of you. And then you're going to need to begin to resist it. You need to get every thought out of your mind that has any fear of any form whatsoever related to it. Do not allow your mind to think any fearful thought whatsoever. When you start doing this, and I have gone through this process, and I'm sure I'll go through this process many times, when you begin to resist fear, there's something on the inside of you that goes, oh no, you need to keep thinking that way. because, But you need to realize the way you're thinking is producing worry and anxiety. And Stop it. Force yourself to stop thinking like that. And just to say, God, I trust in you. I put it in your hands. And something's like, no, grab hold of that problem again and look at it from a different angle. Do it like this. Try to see it from every different way, you know, and maybe you'll you can fix it. I am telling you, you have to sometimes you've got to let go of it and just say, I'm not worrying about it anymore. You know, one of the benefits of having a Sabbath where you don't work and where you don't get involved in stuff and where you spend time worshiping the Lord, you're making yourself force yourself. You're forcing yourself to not worry, to not think about all that stuff. No matter what's there, you're pushing it away. And you're saying, God, today, unless it's an emergency, of course, but you're going, God, I just trust in you today. And all these worries come into mind, all these things. I'm just saying, Lord, I trust in you. Today's my Sabbath. Today's my day where I'm just not getting wrapped up in that. I'm just spending my time focusing on you. Anyway, resist. And then you're going to have to learn how to begin to confess. God, I trust in you. Greater is in me than he who's in the world. I trust in God to deliver me out of every one of my fears. I trust in you to bless me. Lord, this situation that I've been fearful about, I thank you that you're going to protect me. You're going to help me. You're going to bless me. But I put it in your hands. I want to encourage you this week. Please pay attention to your life. Recognize fears and deal with them. God will deliver you if you cry out to him and you want deliverance. You'll be so thankful that you go through this process if you do it. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. We pray, Lord, bless us, encourage us, help us, God, to focus on you this week and also to recognize where the enemy has planted little negativity in our hearts or little doubt in our hearts or fear or anxiety or any kind of worry. God, we pray these things would be broken. Father, we, you promised an abundant life. And Lord, these are the things that produce misery. So Lord, this is of the devil. And God, we just ask this week, expose that in each one of us. Let us see it so that we can resist it and rise above it. And Lord, we thank you that as we battle and go forward and don't give up, God, you make us valiant in battle and you give us the victory. We thank you. We're destined to win. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.